Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Elite Rugby Banter. We like our rugby and we like talking about it. Joining me on this illustrious day is Alex. He's got a, an appointment to catch later, so let's chat to you first. Alex, how's it going? How are you? What's going on? News? Adam, uh, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I'm good. Play cricket today. We lost. So, you know, life could be worse. Uh, Sorry, also, also, yeah, also, also here is Matt. How's it going? Not too bad, thanks. Pretty good. Good. And uh, Ben, who is depressed over golf. His own golf. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that on okay. air. All right. Well, uh... Uh, um, Adam, I just want to know something about your cricket. It's like really preoccupied. But what kind of cricketer are you? I have you as you bowl cutters and then you're a bit of a nudger nerd batting seven or eight. Is that uh, correct? That's pretty bang on. We play last man's yep. dance. Eight, eight aside. <laughs> And uh, I, I actually bowl little off spinners when they do hit the pitch. Oh, oh. okay, so, cool. So you... Okay, I, 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 but 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 you're batting. You kind of you run the ball down to third man a lot. You kind of play off your legs. Quite a, you don't really hit down the park a lot, do you? Uh, no, I I can't hit straight. But with my Graham Smith style <laughs> grip, I could be better. But you you pretty much put me in a box very nicely. Actually, you, you nailed okay, it. Cool. I will have to compliment you. Very much nailed. The type of cricketer I am, but uh, talking about nailed, uh, we can talk about the news. The uh, Blitzbocker, they claim fourth place at the Singapore Sevens after losing to England in the uh, Bronze Cup final match. Unfortunately, they lost to Fiji again before they got there. So hopefully they get a lot better. Brian Abana, he complained this week about how he could have played more in his final year, but did not. So. That's quite out of character for Brian, though, to well, tune, really tune a coach. Complainer. Yeah. So yeah. Especially with, with all the positive things that people were saying about him, and then suddenly this news came out, and everyone was like, oh, okay, that's not kind of the glorious exit that we thought it was for our hero. No. So now it's, I think it left a little bit of a bitter taste in some people's mouths. No, I was quite, quite surprised, but uh, I guess at the end of his career, he's kind of like over it. Uh, just some super rugby news. Chance Penny, he's been cited for foul play. That's after you clocked Israel Dag in the face um, in, the, in the game against the Crusaders. So I'm sure we'll get some more. And then also... Oh, Alex, this is quite pertinent, isn't it? I, I, I did not know about that. Well, what, that he's been cited? Yeah. Alex, I just want to confirm. You are sending Proctor, not Penny, back to me, right? <laughs> yeah, confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. I'll send you a message now. <laughs> and um, then, no, I think I think you did send the mail already today. And uh, yeah, it seems like England they're going to go ahead and pick Brad Shields, uh, no matter what New Zealand rugby say. And uh, all I can say is, yeah, good for them. It seems like New Zealand are just being a bunch of uh, crybabies. Also, if if you're interested as to hear the thoughts of Springbok coach Rasmus Rasmus, uh, Simonikwe. Uh, Abanisa from the City Press, he interviewed him, and uh, that interview is now out on the web. So if you want to check it out, we won't go into it in too much detail, but uh, the main highlight is this is a lot more cooperation going on, and transformation is, is definitely part of his thinking. So check that out. We won't deal with that too much, because you know, we're on a little bit of a time spread. Um, but first of all, going on, rumor has it that Alex has something very nice to say about the Sunwolves after they were beaten 15-43 
bar the Hurricanes <laughs> uh, this this you Friday. Did. So, Alex, um, I know you're, you're under time pressure. You have an appointment to catch. What do you nicely have to say about the Sunwolves? And to make you feel better, I actually also have something to say nice about the Sunwolves too. Well, I had a, I had a little bit more detail that I was going to go into at the time. Um, it's kind of escaped me now, but <clears throat> my, my feeling when watching the game was just that it, it felt like a proper rugby match. And normally, I know it sounds stupid, but up until now, every time the Sunwolves have played someone, it just feels very one-sided and like the Sunwolves are kind of scrapping it out and just kind of getting through the 80 minutes and you know doing what they can to bring the damage control into play. But for this game, like they actually played like a proper rugby team. Like they were doing the basic stuff really, really well. I thought their set pieces were good. I thought that their forwards were um, getting across the park a little bit more. Because I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, I, I pointed out that the Sunwolves forwards stick to forward things and their backline stick to backline things. But that wasn't the case now. I saw a lot of guys on the backline sort of cleaning out in rucks when they had to, and a lot of guys on the forwards, especially uh, Lapis mm. and uh, and Grant Hutting, being very sort of mobile on the backline which is the kind of thing you see from most rugby teams, you know. And for the first time since they joined Super Rugby, I felt like I was watching a proper, mature, professional rugby team. They still aren't good, but they felt suddenly very complete, uh, which was really great. I'm really happy for them. Yeah, I'm going to follow that up by just make, uh, making note that, um, yeah, the Sunwolves were very good. I think they put the Hurricanes under a lot of pressure. But they just kind of lack that cutting edge. Samaki, I think he's currently proving beyond just being the Tonkin Godzilla and a name on top of a comic book. Sorry, Matt. Because um, I know that's clearly, <laughs> no worries. that's clearly how you think about things. He's proven beyond just being a finisher. He also puts in the hard graph. I know he came very close to scoring a try from a line-out of all things. So, yeah, I, I genuinely agree with what you say, Alex. I think the Sunwolves played a lot better than the scoreline suggests. Vince Asso, he had a very good game. But something I actually wanted to ask uh, you, Ben and Matt, the amount that Ben Skeen, the TMO, interfered in that Jeez. game. Uh, what was the name of the referee? It had Nut in it. Because he, Nut Brown. Yeah, that's it Jamie it. Nut Brown? Yeah, he was having a bit yeah, of balls up, it. to use that pun. It kind of killed, and I know I mentioned it on the WhatsApp group when we were discussing the game, it kind of killed the rhythm <laughs> of the game. So, I mean, beyond, oh, the, no, be, beyond, beyond the Hurricanes, Sunwolves game, and, it, and he got most of the calls right, in a sense. But made sure the game didn't flow. So where do you draw the line? I'm interested to just get your opinion, uh, Matt and Ben, just on that. Ben, do you have anything academic to say on this? No, like, there, there is, it is kind of like a... There, is, there has to be a balance between letter of the law and sort of letting the game happen. Because I'm sure if you, look, if you kind of micro-examine every ruck or every every kind of phase, something's going to be wrong at some point. You know, someone's going to get a tiny little knock-on, or someone's going to do like a quite a soft neck roll in a ruck. Maybe someone cleaned without wrapping their arm properly. You know, there, there's always there's Something. always like like yeah, you have to you have to let the the human element come through. And I I say a, a good ref almost knows when to kind of ignore something. Well, not not but you know kind of. Kind of for what it is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, play advantages. Let the sort of the value of the game go um, more. Yeah, but at the moment, I think TMOs have too much power. I think they should only be able to intervene if um, the ref asks them. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's not even us. I mean, everyone's noticed that. I mean. 
one of my favorite tweets, I can't remember who tweeted it, was they, they broke down the possession stats on of the game. 50% Sunwolves, 30% Hurricanes, 20% Bob Skeen or Ben Skeen. <laughs> so I'm sorry, it's uncredited because I can't remember who did it and I'm not bothered to go look who did it, who typed no, it out. Uh, understandable, but... I think mainly the overall point is we do need to move on uh, very shortly. Overlook Vince Asso, uh, very good. Jordy Barrett had a very good game. Julian Severe, even he managed to score a try. But the, the Sunwolves put up a very good game, and uh, Lapis was actually excellent. So, unlucky Sunwolves. I do think the Hurricanes deserve to win, but the margin was way closer than the uh, final margin. Something has to be said. Something has to be said as well. The Hurricanes had an excellent defense. I mean, mm-hmm. how long the Sunwolves were camped on their sort of 22 to 10 for like, fuck, almost a half an hour straight and they came out with maybe five points. Yeah. And a, a final point yeah. I'd like The to... Hurricanes also played out of their skins. Yeah. Especially without TJ Perinara. I think we, as every week goes by where he's missing, it just goes to show, I know Finney Christie picked up a try but Jamie Booth also, they are shit compared to Perinara. So I think the sooner... Yeah, big so, time. She's, I mean, uh, I, I know we've chatted about most important players to each team. Perinara's up there, along with Barrett, mm-hmm. for, for, for uh, sure. the Hurricanes. Uh, right, now, Alex, I know... You, Yo, so sorry, sorry. Yes. can I say something about the <laughs> yes. the bonus point system? Because, sorry, it was relevant yes. in this game. Yeah, you yeah. Okay. The current bonus point system is you get a, bo- a losing bonus point if you're within seven. I, I'm fine with that bonus point. I think that works fine because yeah. it incentivizes teams to try keep up, try try score a try even if it won't win them the game. So yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My issue is the the three tries ahead bonus point because yeah. I don't and the conference system because I don't think the Sun Wolves weren't incentivized to deny the Hurricanes a bonus point because it doesn't because of the conference system it doesn't really affect them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but so what I, think, what's... I think Super Rugby should go back to the you get four tries, you get a bonus point. Because that that way the... isn't your gripe is your problem more with the conference system than with the bonus point system. Yeah, because I mean the old system <laughs> yeah. is you end up with that's, Yeah, that's well worn territory. <laughs> but I mean you um, end up I, with feel, the... I feel I'll be beating the same drum here. But well a very uh, well used enough. drum. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think fine, if they if they have the conference system, fine, but make it like make it match the bonus point system because at the moment there's no the Sunwolves had absolutely no incentive to not let the Hurricanes just run wild at the end because at the point that they realized they couldn't get there within seven bonus points like you know fuck it what's the point of them defending mm-hmm. yeah anyway that that's my bit on that uh, alright no fair enough and I think it was through the thought I do think beyond the uh, obvious flaws of the conference system I know the bonus point system it's got pluses and minuses and prep Personally speaking, I preferred it when it was just four tries each. Yeah, maybe people say, oh, they kept the amount of tries, but to score four tries is no joke. That means you're at least getting yeah, but 20. Adam, at the same time, you say the four tries each. I mean, then you could end up with those ridiculous circumstances where the losing side, both teams scored like four or five tries, and the losing side's within seven, so the losing side can walk away with two bonus points. I, I, don't, have a problem with, I don't have a problem with that. As long as, as, long as it's entertaining. Uh, I mean, then, you're getting, then you're getting three points or whatever for losing. Two. Oh, two. What's wrong with that though? I think that I think there's some mm-hmm. merit in that, but uh, yeah, look, a different different time to, to debate. Uh, moving on to the Stormers versus Rebels game, Alex, were you at this game? I know you had some tickets or spare tickets. Uh, yeah, um, uh, I actually went with uh, with Phil. Right, I understand that it was an error at a game, 
excuse me, error-written <laughs> yeah. game, and the Islander wasn't bad. Heck, Lade's finally gotten the score sheet. What? I, I, what Engelbrecht with two tries? What, <laughs> what happened? They call, him, is... they call him the, the bounty hunter, Engelbrecht. <laughs> he was just all over the place, just taking names. So what, um, over, yeah, what, it what was, happened it was, there? It was good. I don't know. Like You guys maybe had a little bit of a better perspective on it from home. That's often the case. Um, for me, I just yeah, from where I was sitting, it was a shit fest. Like the <laughs> the quality of rugby was so bad from both sides. Um, I've got to say, like the Stormers, they worked pretty hard to lose that game. I thought, um, but the the Rebels were too bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Like I guess it was an improvement in a way from last week against the Sharks because they had a little bit more spark. It felt like. Um, and they had some long-distance runs and some long-distance tries. But I don't know. There's something missing in that team. I don't know what it is. Maybe just a bit of common sense. Um, I still feel like Damien Willemser isn't the guy at, at fly-half. I think he would be amazing at 12. I know we won't see that, but it would be cool if we saw like Jean-Luc Duplessis at 10 and um, Damien Willemser at 12. But um, <clears throat> from the Rebel side, I just want to say like, I mean, Aki Mafi was pretty neutralized. And... Um, Korobiti was just a completely non-factor. Complete non I wouldn't even bring him up if it wasn't for the Australians talking him up all the time. Um, but yeah, he was just, he was rubbish. Uh, yeah, I just actually want to ask you about Jean-Luc... Wait, was it? Is it Duplessis? Duplessis. Duplessis. Jean-Luc... Oh, it's Duplessis versus Dupria. Is he really that good? I know that a couple of... Um, uh, a significant minority... No, a significant... Sorry, they're actually Matt. A significant portion of... Uh, Stormers fans are like, oh, uh, he's going to add something to the team. What what's good about him compared to what's yeah, no, that, happening? That's that's a bit of, bit of an overreaction. Like he he is good, and if he had been fit at the beginning of the year, then Willemsen wouldn't have started the season. I can tell mm. you that much. Um, it's it's pretty simple. He is just better rounded. So I know I've said this already today and a few times before. Damien Willemsen for me is not a prototype fly half, um, but he just happens to be an excellent rugby player. So it's fine. I, I'm not complaining. Um, but Jean-Luc Duplessis is, you know, your straight-out-of-the-box fly-half. Like, he can kick, I think, relatively well from both feet, if I'm not mistaken. Got great pass left to right, and he chooses the passing option a little bit more often than the running option. And you can see the ratio between pass to run with, you know, okay, let's say pass-run-kick, for example, with someone like Willemse is skewed very much in favor of run, which is great because it's what he's best at. Duplessis is a lot more balanced between the three, and he's got a little bit more of an educated boot um, but I wouldn't say he's better to the extent that now when he comes back, he shoots straight into the into the starting team and Willemsen's just deal with it. But he wasn't that good. But what will probably happen is that when Willemsen goes to join the, the junior box in two or three weeks' time, and I think we got the Chiefs game in that week, it's, then Duplessis will hopefully start. And if, if Willemsen misses, let's say, two or three games, then probably when he comes back, he'll be on the bench. So I don't think either of them's done enough to guarantee them the jersey. It's just a matter of sort of who's got it at any given time. All right, uh, Ben, Matt, uh, anything further to add to that very complete analysis? Sorry, <laughs> we're not for a yeah, while. Uh, just just on the re- I think uh, Naya Vula and Korobeti, they there's no they very okay. Uh, Naya Vula's better on the wing, but Korobeti and Naya Vula are basically they're the same player essentially. Mm. So it's, it does it doesn't give you a lot of a lot of balance on the wing. I know we've been talking about the the 
the values of a number 11 winger versus a number 14 winger. And I don't think they've got that balance, that balance right. Because um, our friends from Down Under Elite Rugby Draw, what they called Fantasy Rugby Draw, yeah. XV. Yeah, friend, friends of the pod, by the way, I'd like to add. Yeah, so, yeah yes. friends of the pod. Yeah. Charlotte, friends if you guys... Pod, we can't remember they, their they, name. They were, they were <laughs> saying this thing with, uh, with the Highlanders, with uh, Lee and... Oh, what's his name now? And Naholo. Um, Naholo, they were saying it's actually... They, they're good, but they're actually too similar. They kind of get in each other's way because they were saying on fantasy how basically either the one scores or the other scores. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't need two people doing that job basically. So yeah, maybe um, the Stormers need, uh, uh, the Rebels need to try find a bit more balance there. Because I, I also know Maddox obviously got injured in the warm up and he's in my fantasy side, so that wasn't <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just just a, a thought there on the on the balance of their back three. Uh, just a quick shout out to uh, DDA, uh, DDA one, not DDA two, DDA two is still injured. DDA had a pretty good game, scored a very good individual try. He's kind of finding the form that sort of I don't want to say makes him pop material, but he's in the general fifty man squad. Is, is is it just is it just me, or does he look really uncomfortable when he passes the ball? Yeah, he does, because he just wants to crash it up. Uh, like, like, it's really, like, learned and kind of mechanical, and I don't know, it just makes me, like, it makes me cringe a bit watching him pass. I don't know, sorry. You really shouldn't be saying that about the... The, the but it does, like, he, he looks like he's, he's like, <laughs> just learned how to pass, like, last week or something. Yeah, I... But, yeah, uh, yeah he, does, he does look... He probably uh, still throws a better pass than me, so, yeah. Well, like, like, his pass, it's fine, like, it generally goes to hand or whatever, but it just, it looks, it looks not natural, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. Awkward, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, I'm going to be honest, though, every time, as much as... I've sort of been naysaying him this last season and that I still get really excited when he scores a try. I don't know why. He just, I don't know, he just, his face, he just lights up when he scores a try. I, and I get I, sucked into I'll that. Second that. Well. I'll second that. I'll second that. I'm also pretty, pretty stoked when, when DDA1 scores a try. I, I don't know why either. It doesn't make any logical sense. But also. Especially, you know, we've been shitting on him so badly and then he scores a try and then no, he's, he's my favorite guy for no. the next five minutes. He listens. But uh, uh, talking about favorite people and non-favorite people, I'd like to say the Lions in the first half against <laughs> against Queensland. I I got Jesus up early Christ. for that game. I I had coffee. I was like, Kiff, I'm going to watch this. The Lions for the first 40 minutes were very much asleep. Second minutes, uh, excuse me, second half, they were they were kind of the Lions that we knew. I mean, the one the second half, 22-3, and overall a very very uh, ultimate Jacqueline high performance. They could have done a lot better. Look, good on Queensland for taking advantage of a very sleepy Lions outfit. I know, Alex, you were spewing absolute filth on the <laughs> on, on the draft group, is it, even though you're not even a Lions fan. And but I, I, just to say, look, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I feel. I mean, I think most South Africans have a soft, uh, like a you know, they've got tender feelings towards the Lions after everything they've been through and how well they're doing now. And I mean, for me, I've often considered, I've generally considered them to be my second team. So oh, yeah. I do feel very strongly about them. On top of which, I've got the fantasy edge. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just horrible. It was painful. I was very angry. Yeah, uh, I think just to sum up with your thoughts, which even even though they were full of rage, I think were very accurate. There was just a lack of accuracy. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of sideways running, just a lot of boneheaded decisions. Second half, they went back to basics, cleared it up. Malcolm Marks got two tries in the mall. And even the Aussie commentators, 
they even said they expected that there'd be the Lions would use more walls more. Not really. They didn't really play territory. Nothing like that. So if I was Waste of Brand, I'd be very disappointed. Uh, ben, I, I was just going to ask you, I mean, the Reds right now, because they're very workman, workman-like performance, but where are they in their evolution compared to where the Lions um, are? Well, I thought the Reds were better at the start of the season. I think they've kind of yes. declined a bit. And they haven't actually had huge amounts of injuries or whatever, especially compared some teams, even the Lions, have been really hit by injuries quite hard. So... Um, I think they try to. I think they try to find their game a bit. I think their their defensive game's fine. I think they need to figure out how they want to attack. Obviously, Karevi's a massive strength, and I would say they probably need to uh, recruit by whatever um, a very good wing. I mm. think if they had that, that would help them because uh, Dagu and um, Parise and Nabuli and they're fine, but they're not. They they're not like real you know they're not real hot wings, let's say that. Yeah. And then uh, with the, with the lines, I don't know like there is a because last season the lines didn't dominate every game they won a lot of ugly games. They came so I don't know maybe this season they just don't they don't seem to really have that winning that winning kind of culture anymore. You know, when just like, because even if you look, so they they lost to the Blues quite narrowly. They lost to the Crusaders relatively narrowly. Mm. The only team that actually properly beat them was uh, Jaguares. And that's the only time I think they've lost by more than kind of 10 points. So, yeah, like all, all of their games this year, they've, they've, had the, they've had the potential to win those games. It, it, well, obviously, the games they won, they had the potential to win yeah. them. But all the games they've lost. They had the potential to win them, but for whatever reason, they didn't convert. And I would say the Lions of last year, probably maybe not all of the games, but maybe half of the ones they've lost, they would have kind of dug deep and forced a win. So, mm. yeah, maybe a bit of a bit of inexperience from the from the coaching staff. Maybe like they they have lost a few. Obviously, I'm not one to kind of bitch about injuries, but they have been. Hit quite hard with injuries and experience, like Warren Whiteley, especially. He's, I don't, I don't think he's the, he's a world class player, but I think he's a world class leader. So oh, I think are. that that is a that is a big loss. No, I think I think you summed it up uh, very well. I know, uh, I mean, you're talking about the Reds. Workman like uh, comes to mind. Hamish Stewart, very young, number ten. He was very solid. And uh, one guy who had an, in particular storming game, he actually saw it out most of the game. J.P. Smith, Matt, as our resident prop correspondent, you must have been impressed when J.P. Smith grabbed a try, played virtually the full 80 minutes, made seven carries in terms of tackles. He made 10, didn't miss one. Um, you know, for, for, like it seems like the, the definition of that res front row is very much hard working in, in terms of what the props are doing. So come on, you, you have to give J.P. Smith something. No, fuck him. Is that it? <laughs> You're supposed to be playing for the Sunwolves. Uh, uh, fantasy, sure. But let's not get partisan about you, this. Yeah. Huh? He no. was supposed to be. He was signed for the Sunwolves, Adam. And then, okay, admittedly, he did go home because his mom's sick. But then I think it's a bit shit to then sign up for the Reds in that season when you got given compassionate leave from your your main franchise. That'd be so heartless. Yeah, Jesus, Matt. You're not a heartless oak. I'm very surprised. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> hmm? 
Okay, well, just on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> and one word, fuck that guy. Ultimately, Lions threw it away, but should have been better. I think next week they travel to New Zealand. Where do they go? Are they up against the Chiefs? Uh, uh, let me have a quick um, look. Chiefs Tigrares. Oh. No, wait, that's, that's this week. What? Oh, yeah, sorry. Chiefs Tigrares. No. Rebels, Crusaders, Boratos, Brumbies, Hurricanes, Lions, Stormers, Bulls, Sharks, Islanders. Okay, never mind. Let's get it. You know what? If the Lions play properly, that could be a hell of a game. Like, should be, yeah. Should be. Like, if like the Lions shark. play properly, that, that'll, that'll be game of the week, hands down. Um, it's supposed to be like a final... Um, yeah, that's that's sort of yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's essentially should be the early sort of pick for the final. Mm. Yeah, but uh, what was not the early pick for the final was the Blues versus the Yogi Aras. I had the unfortunate pleasure <laughs> of watching most of this game that happened in bucketing conditions at Eden Park in Auckland. The Yogi Aras they ran out 2013 winners, but that's not even a fair reflection of the scoreline. They deserve to win by more uh, if they didn't show such profligacy when it came to the try line, having Riley Moore after Riley Moore, the Jaguars, from my perspective, were full value for their win. Augustin Creevy, he's been a bit quiet this season. Today, well, pardon me, in this game, he was outstanding. And unfortunately, the Blues, absolutely rudderless. I know Augustin Pulley, he came back in the second half, but there was a lack of accuracy, lack of good decision-making, a lot of boneheaded decisions. And the Jaguars picked up their first win in New Zealand and overall they deserved it they were excellent I, 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 I said I don't think the scoreline is fully reflected I know Ben you, you weren't able to catch this game but uh, Alex and Matt were you able to check it out I watched some of it and I think it's the same as with the Sunwolves that these weaker sides they've learned how to hmm. if not lose a game so badly even win a game and that's just deny the other side that can score more tries than you the ball and just retain possession yeah because I but uh, Rain, rain will always suit the Jaguares because, because they, especially like the Blues, they should, they should build a roof on their stadium because they, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they really they, should. They need perfect conditions to play because it's, it's the only way they, because they have no sort of, oh, we've talked about this time and time again, but they have no real forward ascendancy. Mm. So, as, but and as soon as conditions go, like the worse the conditions are, the more dependent you become on your forwards. And so the rain suited them perfectly. So, yeah, I would say it's the District Council of Auckland's fault or whatever for not putting together the funds and building a roof. <laughs> well, also, just another controversy that happened out of that game. Ali Williams, who uh, got kicked out of uh, Racing 92 after being caught buying cocaine, I think that was with uh, James O'Connor, <laughs> he featured in the match coverage. I remember seeing him on the TV for the halftime coverage, and I thought, oh, geez, what the hell is this like doing there? Uh, but Sky Sports, uh, the New Zealand broadcaster, they just said, no, he's, he's done his time. So that was very interesting. Uh, but Matt, uh, like, personally speaking, it was one of the first games, and I know the New Zealand commentators, they backed me up, obviously, because they listened to me. They said that this was one of the probably the first games of the Yager, is they really timed when they were going to attack the Blue Scrum well. And they did very well. Their Scrum's been very poor. Uh, what, what do you think that, that's got to do with it? I mean, they got Thomas Lidzema. Not the Zimmer. Uh, pardon me, I think... Ledizma. Ledizma, thank you very much. He, I mean, he's a forward, no. forward coach by trade. Well, why is, it only, why is their scrum only getting up and running now? Uh, because it, it, I mean, they've got a class pack. They really do. Millions of international captains. I think this has there. something to do with what Ben was saying, though, as well. Is that this maybe ties back into the Blues just having a, a traditionally weaker scrum. That the Aguirre, if I remember, they've faced generally... 
half decent packs most of the t- decent to half decent packs up until now, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I don't think that, I don't think they've faced any of the sort of traditionally well, weaker packs. Face the the Brumbies, are they all right? Well, Brumbies, what which Alex say says is like the, the best pack. Uh, in there. <laughs> what, 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 are, what are the weak, the weak packs? Correct. Well, I would say the Sharks with Thomas the Toy are a weak scrumming wow. pack at least. Yeah, Maybe. well, yeah, that's, yeah, we're going to look at that. Yeah, Sunwolves. Then I, I would say I would say the Sunwolves are weak because they they pick locks who are too thin. Yeah, and the Jaguars <laughs> haven't faced them. Then apart from who else? Who else I don't, really is? I don't rate the Highlanders pack. No, 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 neither do I. They, they solid, like um, excluding excluding the scrum. I think I think spot on. Yeah, they're a good sort of free Every, play pack. They're yeah, not a, everywhere else they're, they're fine. Even at line out there, they're quite solid and around the park. But yeah, the scrum they're not that great. They have got decent you know, depth. You know why? Why? Because they got a roof. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's... yeah, they don't need they don't need a good pack. They figured it out. They said, oh, exactly. we have a shit pack. What should we do? Build a roof. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. cheap for the builder roof to buy a tight head prop. <laughs> they highly paid. Um, uh, sorry, well, uh, one thing I wanted to say about a, a scrumming a scrumming tactic. Okay, so say say the first scrum of the game is kind of like a just a nothing scrum. You know, it's sort of between the ten meter lines. Like a penalty wouldn't wouldn't be hugely significant. Okay. Hmm. Yes. You, in the first scrum of the game, you let the other team shunt you to kind of give them this whole, like, a false sense of, uh, like, dominance yeah. in the scrum. Yeah. Then whatever I... they get the penalty, yeah. it's, it's, it's relatively insignificant. Then suddenly when it comes down to a more important scrum, you know, say, in your own 22 or in your opponent's 22 or whatever, you suddenly crank it up a gear. They're not expecting it. Then you win the penalty and you've won a more, you know, you've won a technical... You, you've yeah, sort of had a moral victory there. And then also you get the bonus moral victory of being like, well, what the hell just happened? First scrum, we were all over these people, and now suddenly they have – now suddenly, you know, we are running backwards. So I think it would be quite a – like a little scrumming tactic of sorts. Like I'm not sure if teams discuss stuff like this. Obviously, I'm not uh, – I'm going to tell you now, forwards are – I think forwards are far too stubborn to ever let that happen, I think. <laughs> Every forward goes into, especially the first scrum, thinking they have to dominate that to set the pace for the. No, no the game. but but yeah, but maybe that's uh It's outdated. Yeah, it's I, back, I, guess it's, it's, I guess you should always sort of try your best or whatever. But it's it's, it's food food for thought. No, I, I like the idea that you got that you sort of lull them into a false sense of security, and then you smash them on their twenty-two or whatever. Yeah, just, I've just got like a, sort I've of got a theory that that props don't actually have bad hands because you know like whenever you like swing right down the back line and prop pops up he always drops it pretty much every time yep. my theory is that he doesn't actually have bad hands he just he would prefer to stay where he is and scrum and <laughs> to run forward with the ball <laughs> so, I agree I mean uh, fuck I'd yeah. rather not run 10 meters exactly if you've ever scrummed a prop <laughs> it is not it's not a rest for the props, Alex. But these guys enjoy it. One. Look at them. Like they, it's, not, it's not that it's a rest. It's just that they prefer it. Oh, 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 oh it's, it's, it's a like better a really, kind of pain. A, a, re, a really big guy in the gym who would rather bench press 200 kgs than run 400 meters sort of thing. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it's like. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, I think that exactly plays out. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that, that's the bottom line. <laughs> 
Yes, it sort of makes sense. <laughs> well, especially if Matt agrees. He's, uh, he's like, literally, he represents all props, tight head and loose head. In, in, no, in the, in Cardio the, is not a props friend, I'll tell you that. Yeah, in the lead, in the lead rugby banter universe. Moving on. Uh, but so we, we still type for time. We're actually making good time for once, guys. Just uh, nice. Should we slow down? No. Should we, should we just do an <laughs> well, in-depth we, introspective? We, 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 we waste quite status. a lot of time praising ourselves for making good time. But. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> um, the Crusaders they ended up uh, just notching another win against a new, an Australian side, winning twenty-one-eight in. Give me a second here. Canberra. Matty Eli coming off the bench after Israel Dagger clocked in the face by uh, Penny, mm-hmm. scoring two tries, some Bateman. Uh, the second half, nobody scored any points. So I'm so glad I didn't watch this game. It must be boring AF as well. But uh, I don't want to talk about it. I, so I didn't check it out. I don't know if any of you saw it. Pretty much standard as usual. Brumby's lack of cutting edge. Crusaders getting the result when it matters. Uh, anything further to add on that one? Can, well, I, can I just say... Um, Classic Crusaders as a contrast to the Lions. Crusaders play badly and win. Mm. When the Lions play badly, they lose. Pretty much. That's 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 the difference between having whatever the Crusaders have, eight Super Rugby championships, and the Lions having been in two finals. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Hashtag that's how you win tournaments. You like not everything's going to go well every day, but you have to be able to get the result regard, um, regardless. Like dig deep, show a bit of grit, power through. Yeah. yeah, and actually, like that's a good comparison to make because you, you were mentioning like one of the factors playing into the Lions' recent struggles was obviously the loss of someone like Warren Whiteley. But last year, um, the uh, the Crusaders won the Super Rugby. They spent quite a lot of the of the season without Richie Mwanga and without Kieran Reed and without Israel Dag and a lot of those senior guys. And Mitch Hunt and Mitch Drummond basically stepped up as the halfback pairing. And they had like two wins in a row, two or three wins, I think, where they literally won by one or two points because of a last-minute penalty kick from Mitch Hunt. And they just clung on to their, se- their season for as long as they could until they got the big names back, especially Moanga. And then once he was back, they had so much self-belief and they were so ready to win. You know, If they could win like that, they could win with him. And they went on to win the whole thing. So... Yeah, I think that's exactly where we're seeing like a few mental frailties in the lines. Yeah, no, I I, I tend to agree. That just uh, it goes back to missing a Wiley, a guy like Yaku Creel as well. Just I mean, beyond what he brings on the field, mentally speaking, it's also a massive loss as well. And I I just do feel like Frank Amosta is doing the best he can, but he's not Warren Wiley. And it's the fact that Rassi said that Warren is in running for the Springbok captaincy. He says a lot about how highly ranked his uh, captain skills are, maybe. Out of John Smith, though, in John Smith's defense back in the day, he was still a very, very good hooker. Hicker? Well, excuse me, not Hicker Elliot, excuse me. <laughs> I was just going to say he's a very good hooker. Whitey is a very good eighth man, but he's not the best eighth man in South Africa. So I think interesting choices needing, needing to happen there. Uh, well, look, but, uh, quickly moving on to what I'd probably say was game of the weekend. The Highlanders pipping the Bulls 29-28 at Loftus. Iceman, the new Iceman, Lima Sopawanga, he banged over five penalties, including the winning penalty for 40 meters out in the 81st minute. He, he, and also, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you think friend of the pod, Iceman, who often tweets us, hi, Iceman, not tweets hi, us, yeah, who hi, often Iceman. comments? Yes. Yeah, hi, hi, Iceman. Are you Lima Sopawanga? Or he could be Bernard, Bernard Foley. <laughs> He's the original Iceman. 
apparently. That's uh, he hasn't been Iceman for ages, though. Yeah, I don't think an Australian would take as much joy as Iceman takes for the pod, to be honest. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I think the tail of the tape is just read in the statistics. I'm just having a look here. Four tries to two to the Bulls. Uh, 450 meters around the 323, 140 carries versus 71, 28 defenders beaten versus 59 clean backs versus 11, interesting from the Highlanders, better on execution, 178 passes versus 85, 9 offloads versus 5, more turnovers conceded than just from the tackle counts, 64 tackles from the Bulls, 163 from the Highlanders. This pretty much seems like a card and copy standard Highlanders win, absorb the pressure and win off very much little possession. And they, and they were clinical when they did the opportunities. The Bulls looked very good at attack. But ultimately, the five penalties, I'm sure John Mitchell would be a most upset. Their discipline let them down. So mm-hmm. uh, I think an opportunity missed for the Bulls. Uh, they're playing up there with some of the best rugby in South Africa, but they could have beat another New Zealand team. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Bulls fan, so it's hard for me to feel anything for them beyond the greatest African picture. You know what? Saying that, if you were saying that, the if you were to show the Bulls those stats at the beginning of the season and be like, those will be your numbers against the Highlanders this year, mm-hmm. they would say, fuck off, we'll never... Like, they've achieved so much. Like, give that uh, yeah, to Yeah, I agree. I, I yeah, agree. No, Sorry, no, no, I apologize for, for being a dick. I think you've literally hit, hit, hit it right there. They are playing very good rugby. I, I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't quite get the results. And I think, I don't know who gave away the penalty. It might have been Marker van Stardom, right there, for maybe uh, offside or something like that. No, who came off the bench? Oh, that's a big bench player. It was the bench guy. It might have been van Stardom. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm just doing that. But <laughs> sorry, I was, I was just going, oh, talking, talking such nonsense. Um, but it might have been van Stardom. Yeah. Ben, if you're a Bills fan, though, what would you give the season out of 10? Um, compared to what? The well, great Bulls of yesteryear? Or new, considering the new, squad and stuff? I would, compared to last year with a dose of, of the current season. Yeah, I would say they're 7.5, 8 out of 10 this season. Matt, would yeah, you agree? I'd give it 8. Yeah, if we confirm... Yeah, if we're comparing to last season, definitely about seven and a half, eight out of ten. Uh, and uh, Lisa Koba, he also had a very big game. As well, making <laughs> that is really... that is not his name, but uh, <laughs> I not? agree that he had a good game. <laughs> Why are you calling me out like that, bro? I'm sorry. I I, I normally let it go when you mispronounce people's names, <sighs> but that one was just so off the mark. Well, actually, look with Steve <laughs> I'm Hansen. I'm, I'm glad you actually mentioned that with Steve Hansen um, screwing up Triple T's name. I know we're not, we haven't mentioned Triple T's name. I've, <laughs> I've also, I know, I know, right? I've also mangled a few names. For all of those listening out there, I do sincerely <laughs> apologise for not pronouncing names correctly. I am, I'm just pretty shit. I guess you can just accuse me of that. Um, it's most certainly not uh, born born from malice. We most certainly, I will certainly do better. And the bottom line is, yes, we should all make an effort, I think, just to pronounce people's names correctly. It is quite an important thing. Matt, what were you going to say? I was going to say, at least fair, fair point to you, at least you try. Well, yeah. Because Hanson didn't try. Yeah, yeah, like, I wasn't trying to shame you or anything. That's just not his name. Like, uh, so shame. No, it's Lizo. Lizo. And then Lizo. it's G-Q-O-B-O-K. Ah, oh, it's quite close. Yeah. Good words. What is it? Lizo Koboka. 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 Damn, I was pretty close. No, but... no, you went far off, Adam. No, no. I, I don't know. I'll go back and have another listen. <laughs> no, not, so... live feel self-conscious, though. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. No, it's important. Um, Adam, we'll come up with a nickname for him. Like Big Al or something. No, that's... <laughs> Big Al. Learn how to say his name. <laughs> but, well, I mean, and just also a triple T, by the way. I know Steve Hansen, he was interviewed by New Zealand Rapier because I on the edge of last weekend. He was asked about, um, and to, to pronounce right correctly, it's Taitoi Araya Taihu Arangi. Close-ish. Yeah, that, was that wasn't too rare. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. And, and, and Hansen just said it's triple T. <laughs> and, and he got into it's a It's actually really not, that, it's really not that bad when you if you sit down and give yourself a couple of runovers. Uh, <laughs> like, it's a long name, but it's it's actually it's like quite... It's it rolls off the tongue pretty well, I think. Yeah. But this is this is my theory, though, that um, only players with pronounceable names will ever succeed in rugby. So yeah. we might as well give up on Teitaro Atayarangi. Well, you just—I think you pretty much just nailed yeah. it, though. Man. Yeah, you did. You just, his name, his name yeah. is eminently pronounceable. Yeah, you smashed it. Yeah, but I'm—I am—I'm every man, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm, this is this is the third, the fourth country I've lived in now. I've, you know, I've, I'm one of the a citizen of the world. <laughs> well, all right. Look, we got we got uh-huh. a couple more minutes before Alex has his departures, uh, gentlemen. We I was actually about to announce my departure. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're, re- we're in the very much the middle of Super Rugby. Okay. Just um, a quick couple of final thoughts. In terms of the table, the Crusaders are currently leading with the Lions second, Waratahs with the Bullshit Conference system third, Hurricanes fourth, Highlanders fifth, Chiefs sixth, Rebels seventh, Yogi Iris eighth. Overall, um, best team of the competition thus far. Just a quick uh, quick round from everybody. Just one or two names in a sentence, please. Just so it can be quick. Best team. Mm. Oh, it's... So what are we saying? The best yeah. individuals. Best yeah, uh, no, best team in the competition. I think we can say the most, okay. uh, the team that's disappointed you the most, and then just your standout player for whatever reason. So a, a quick three round from everybody. Um, to start you with Alex, because I know you have to depart first. So uh, um, best team, worst team, and the player you're most pleased about doesn't have to necessarily be the best player, the one that's interested you the most this season. Shit. Okay. Um, best team. I, I think I'm going to stick with the obvious one, which is Crusaders. Um, and the main reason is because they, like they, they're in the same situation they were in last year with the injuries, and they're still top of the table. Um, most disappointing team, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say the Blues because I knew they were going to do this. I knew they were going to do this, so <laughs> they are meeting my expectations. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, and I'll say the most disappointing, according to my initial expectations, is the Brumbies because I, I talked them up, as you guys remember. Yes. I talked them up in the preview, and they've been they've been rubbish. Um. I'm most excited about. I'm I'm most excited about Malcolm Marks. Um, mm. I think he's he's really stamped his mark on this year, and but about I've seen even like even a few Northern Hemisphere um, like articles summing up Super Rugby say that he's the best hooker in the world right now, mm. and I think that's phenomenal. I think it's really cool. So I'm happy for him. All right, that's it, Alex. I think we're not going to hold you any longer. I think we're literally on the 45 Thanks, minute mark. So appreciate your appointment, whatever the goddamn hell you you actually doing. Thank you for joining us. You're going to say goodbye to Alex, guys? Nah. No, no joking. Cheers. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll chat next time. Oh, pleasure. Cheers. Miss you. All right. Well, now that the dead weight's gone, uh, we can uh, con- <laughs> continue. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then, uh, Matt, uh, just the same question to you. Best team, uh, most disappointing team, and just the player that's interested you the most, for whatever reason. Best team would be... Be, uh, I'd say Hurricanes at this point because oh, as much as the Crusaders are, one, yeah, 
okay. Um, as much as the push through I mean, it, push through it. You can't, you can't keep uh, faking out. What sorry, I, I just keep doing like a phantom voice. Sorry, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Okay, so at least they're more. I just find them more entertaining than the Crusaders. So, on that on that level, up, they're my favorite. Most disappointing is the Rebels because I assumed that implosion would have come a lot sooner, and they're looking too good at this point. And then player that I'm impressed by the most, I'm going to unsurprisingly throw it to one of the Sunwolves, and it's between Michael Little or Lapis. We both, I think, were nowhere in Super Rugby last season, and this season are, make, are pretty much stamping their name on the game. Well, there you have it. Yeah, um, great shout out for Lapis, good, good, by the way. Yeah, good shout on Lapis, and I, I would seriously... If, you know, Rusty's throwing out the rule book and saying whatever overseas players come along, I would seriously consider him for a, a Springbok position. Well, I'm actually curious. Rate. I'm curious his if work he comes. His work rate is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, the, the amount of... If you had, uh, like, going from this thing, if you had Lude and Lapis on the same team, like, in, like, the other, other players would have to make about three tackles. Because the, yeah. the amount of... The amount of tackling and breakdown work they do is is top notch. So you know they they're not they're not as pretty or whatever as Dan Dupria and Whiteley or whatever, but he does the work and that's what you need. Like you don't need, you need at least one of those guys in a squad. You don't need luxury players. You need freaking laborers who are willing to put in the hard yards, and that's yeah. what Lapis is. I, I have so much respect for him as a player. He is, as we've said, a platform builder compared to uh, a platform user, something like that. I can't quite remember. I was so pumped, even though I'm playing against Matt and Matt is lefties. <laughs> um, oh, well, oh, it's okay, Ben. I, don't, I still think you're ahead, Ben. Don't stress. Well, no, because I, I currently have three noughts on my balance sheet, so maybe uh, you might come through, Matt. Um, uh, depends. Akira's on nought. Yeah, for now. Uh, yeah, for now. Yeah, he's probably got tackle bus and shit. But yeah, the, the same question to you, Ben. Uh, best team, most disappointing team, and just the player that's interested. Okay, in that. I, I'm I'm gonna go. I don't I don't think the Hurricanes are the best team because they have so much hmm. talent and they're actually not they're not playing to their potential. So to me, I'm gonna choose the best team is actually a team that is playing beyond their potential. And for me, that team is the Bulls. I almost thought for a second you were going to say Jaguars and just blow my mind. No, I have no time for them. No, because they have a lot of potential. They have like whatever it is, 800 international caps in their team. They should yeah, be no, yeah, true. They should be winning Super Rugby, really. Like, considering that they basically put on blue jerseys and then they're Argentina. So, yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Jaguar. So I would say the Bulls are playing beyond their potential. All right. So. And they're, just, and they're disappointing team. Uh, most disappointing team. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it's uh, the Sharks. Because because they 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 almost the opposite of the Bulls. They have so much talent and they have established their experience. They have all the setups in place, hmm. and then they just they've just done nothing with it. Like yeah. And then just the player, that, uh, players, coach. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry player, to interrupt. Uh, I would, I would obviously, I would like to give a shout out to my boy Akira, but now he's got no fantasy points as we come a 
pissed off with him. So I would say uh, <laughs> uh, Andre Pollard. I think it's it's hard to come off as long an injury layoff as he has, hmm. and he is he is putting in quality performances. Like obviously, Al- Alton is the sublime and the ridiculous sometimes. Like on his day, he's you know he's untouchable. I would hate to defend against him. But I, I think yeah, I think Pollard is the kind of he is the 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 level the the balance of that that the Springboks need in a fly half. That I think any team would be happy to have in a fly off. You know, his kicking's good, he's he's physical enough, he's strong enough, his passing's good enough, like yeah, so I'm very I'm very happy he's he's about this year and stringing together a few games. All right. Uh, I guess, like, from my side, this, the disappointing team, I was going to say the Sharks. You, you, you stole my thunder there. Uh, yeah, tons of talent. A little bit disappointing, and especially considering the sort of performances. I kind of feel they're best away from Durban. That's when they meet their true potential. I know that they beat the Stormers at home, but their best performance of the season was against the Hurricanes, when they should have won the game in Win Wellington, or it might have been in Nelson. I can't remember which one it was. But, uh, yeah, they, they should be offering more than they really are. Um, considering this quite perhaps so a little bit disappointing but in terms of the uh, best team in the competition I was just going to say the Canes uh, personally speaking including TJ Perinara when he's not there they're a hell of a lot worse I do feel that they are the best team in New Zealand and given the amount of strike power that they have a guy like Ben Lamb I wasn't uh, going to give him a shout out but I mean he's been quality as well um, Julian Sevilla has now become a parody of himself in many senses so I think the Hurricanes, the generally speaking, they have it all over the park, and they're taking a guy from the Highlanders like Gareth Evans, who's been a revelation at, at number eight, just kind of providing that extra workmanship to allow guys like Artie Sevier and even Brad Shields, who does put in a lot of work, to excel uh, a little bit more. Uh, in terms of the players to watch, uh, I've uh, just a quick shot, apart from Ben Lamb, Solomon Alamaru, uh, beyond the, the normal subjects of DMAC, he's been very good. For the Chiefs, but from a South African perspective, uh, I know I've just slated the Sharks, but Jean-Luc Dupre, I think uh, we've already had Michael Mark shouted out, Henry Pollard, Jesse Kills has been very good. But in terms of the bigger picture for the Springboks and the importance of the team, Jean-Luc Dupre, Dan's not bad, but Jean-Luc, um, ever since he's come back, has added an extra dimension to uh, the Sharks. I, I don't... I'm gonna... I don't... I don't rate Dan Dupre. And I... I... I don't see the point of playing Dan Dupria and Jean-Luc Dupria in the same back three. It may, may, at Sharks level, it's fine, whatever. No. But at Springbok level, to I me, that doesn't work. No, no, I, because, I, yeah, I agree. Dan, Dan Dupria is just the poor man's version of Jean-Luc Dupria. <laughs> so kind of kind of everything that... It's, it's kind of like, like you know, my theory that uh, we actually haven't mentioned him this this episode, the phenom, Amanaki Mafi, yes. which we normally mention quite a lot um that it's like my theory that he kind of steals carries from timani and cockerel and uh, uh, other fainga colby fainga if he's playing yeah. it's the same theory like that jean-luc Dupria will be doing everything that dan Dupria can do but just a lot better so you might as you might as well put in an extra player put in put in whitely put in um but even Diamani or something, just hmm. just a different kind of player, or, or maybe then it kind of it opens up the opportunity to play a play an out and out fetcher. Yeah, I, I I know we use all of this like oh they play better when they together blah blah blah, but it's not. It's just 
you know why why would you why would you have a why would you have a Ferrari and a Porsche? Like, what's the point? Like, just take the Ferrari because uh, you would you never need a Porsche if you own a Ferrari. So you have lots of sports yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah, showing yeah, off. Yeah, if, if you're just one of those pricks who has one of who I only drive my Bentley on Tuesdays or whatever. Yeah. But no, no, but you you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. like like I, I don't see what Dan Dupria offers that John Luke Dupria doesn't offer. Not much. Yeah, um, yeah I, I I think. I think Jean-Luc has evolved a lot in terms of his offloading game. He is insane. Thanks. He can always offload, which I think is a, I'm not saying it's an only New Zealand type trait. It's something that our forwards are finally catching up with. I think the Bulls case in point. They get a Kiwi coach, suddenly the forwards can offload in the tackle and in, in different situations. So I think John well, Dupri- Offloading isn't a particularly, like it's not a particularly hard skill to learn. It's not like, you know, like, Kicking pinpoint torpedoes or whatever. It's more just being being aware of the of being aware of the players around no. you, and then like because because the thing is with an offload, you can only offload if you tackled in a certain way. You know, if your arms are wrapped up or whatever, you, there's no way you can offload. But if if your arms are free, offloading is relatively easy. If you're just got to be tall. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Uh, you got you got to execute. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah you, obviously, you obviously have to. But it's it's more just a, a mentality thing. I think that's what I'm saying. Like these guys are yeah. professional sportsmen. They have. It's not like they're not like some club team. You know, that practices once a week and plays once a week. These guys are practicing, I presume, daily. So yeah, you know, like if if there is like the, if there is a skill you can acquire, they have the sort of the time and resources to acquire that skill. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, to me it's more something that you have to just be aware of and look for. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it hasn't traditionally been a strength of South African rugby. I think the last few seasons though it's been coming more and more into the game, and I think just to play the type of rugby that breaches uh, generally very well coached defenses, excluding the Stormers and Lions early part of the season, it's uh, yeah, it's p- pretty important. But look, that's going to wrap it up for. I mean, our chat of Super Rugby. Is there anything else, gentlemen, that has caught your eye across the rugby universe over over the last week, or even in Super Rugby, international rugby, whatever it may be? Anything, Matt? Anything uh, beyond? I know, I know, the uh, Pro 14 came to an end this weekend. The pool. Oh yeah, the yeah, the cheetahs. Yeah. Cheetahs narrowly beat the Kings. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember the score. I was up in the crew for most part of Saturday. 2027. Was that like your vision, um, your vision quest? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Is, is that I've left. Yeah, that's. I think that's the only interesting thing that happened outside of Super Rugby this weekend for now. There must have been. Isn't the the whatever the European Championship that's got through semi-finals? Munster lost to I want to say Toulon or Toulouse. Uh-huh. And then I don't know what I think Leinster Leicester got through. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure my computer's just run out of battery, so. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, like I'll, I'll do my, my utmost to try and see if I can uh, sort, fix you. Yeah, there's, there's there's a guy in the office who follows French rugby, so he he full oh. he pulls me in he pulls me in on all of this. Yeah, I think we can have him on if we do like a maybe a, when we're reviewing the the June tours, we mm. could we could bring him on as a as a French rugby expert. What, yeah, because who the French playing New Zealand, eh? Yeah, yes. New Zealand. Ooh, cool. that's gonna be a nice. 
That should be I, good. I, I was just thinking in June how good it will be for rugby if South Africa... I, I can't see... Maybe if I would say how good it will be for rugby if France get a game of New Zealand, because I can't mm. see them winning three. The French are yeah. they're so mercurial, you never know. Um, Australia beat Ireland and South Africa beat England. Because then it suddenly makes coming into the World Cup. It's it's not a... It's kind of an anyone-can-win-it situation. Because mm. then suddenly instead of like... Say this time last year, we are very much the World Cup's going to be a two-horse race between England and New Zealand. Yeah. But now, but now it's looking at potentially the World Cup's going to be between New Zealand and Ireland, and presumably England are going to pull finger. But now, if Australia beat Ireland and South Africa beat England, suddenly there are five teams that can win the World Cup, which I think is a very, which makes the World Cup a lot more exciting than it has been, I would say, in the last two, 2011 and 2015. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Have have England started crying about being in the in the pool of death yet? Because that seems to be their build up to oh, the World Cup. They're always in a pool of death for whatever. Like I bet you, like that's, that's their standard build up to a World Cup is ah pool of death. No, like like handball World Cup, New Zealand. Uh, sorry, England. Pool of death. Pool of death. We always in the. Oh, they always they always just whining. It's the British. It's the British way. Um, if you are a listener outside of the Southern Hemisphere, we very much appreciate your listenership, especially if you're in England, by the way. I know in South Africa. <laughs> but I, I know. In, sorry, I'm going to be the PR guy here. I, we are very much looking forward to the England tour. Oh, I, one thing I'd like to mention before we wrap up, I think we're trying to shoot this under an eye. We're very close to it. The fact that, um, shit, the captain of England, he is injured. He's got a concussion issue. Uh, Hartley, thank you. Dylan Hartley, he's yeah. not missing. I, 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 I think that's pretty good for England. Yeah. I think Hartley's a... Yeah, he's pretty average. Jamie George, I feel... Because he's either, he's either average, or when he plays well, he's just a complete disciplinary hazard. So he's, like, I don't know. I I, I think it, it might be a... It might, remember when um, Mark Boucher took that bail to the eye and was yeah. forced into early retirement? Yes. And then because of that, AB was keeper and we could bring in an extra batsman and suddenly our team looks shit hot in cricket? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's an equivalent thing, but yeah. I know the rumours that uh, some of the England starters might be rested over a long season, and frankly, I wouldn't blame Moody Jones. They've, they've played a lot of rugby uh, over the season, but yeah, we'll see. Um, by the way, if you are listening out there, please check us out on iTunes, Acast, and SoundCloud. Sorry, I'm not going to say this on every time. Could we have a little advert for... If you are an England supporter, an Irish supporter, or a French supporter... And you want to come on, or an Australian or a New Zealand supporter, actually. And you want to come onto the pod and do a bit of a review for the June for the June tours. Yeah, we need the help. Is this all right? We, we need the help. Yeah, as, as much as we kind watch. Of, kind of give, yeah. us, give us yeah, a bit of an insight. Bring, bring a new bring a new accent onto the pod to liven things up. Yeah, we love diversity, so I, I think that, yeah. that would be wonderful. So if you do, yeah, so please just uh, comment. On I think SoundCloud or just send us a message or DM over Twitter. You can find us at, at Elite Rugby Bant on Twitter. We should tweet more, but life's, life's a little bit busy. We are trying. Um, ch- chaps, uh, anything further, or can, can we wrap it up uh, just for this week? No, no, I'm good. No, good? that's all for me. All right, cool. Well, look, the Super Bowl episode we're going to will be coming out a little bit later. It might 
happen tomorrow. I might not be involved unless we happen on Tuesday. So there's been a couple of public holidays here in South Africa. Friday was Freedom Day, the date of our first uh, democratic election in 1994. And then also on Tuesday is May 1st, May Day. Workers' Day here in South Africa, so it's also a public holiday. So we're just going to be juggling, th- juggling things around there. Ben, I apologise. I-, I assume you don't have a public holiday at all over these, these past few days. Oh, it's Mauritius. Of course we have public. Of course we have first of May. Oh, do you? Do you have workers' day? I think I think first of May is one of the most universally celebrated holidays for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe not in England, the United States. They work like a dog. Or Germany. Oh uh, well, I don't know. They they all work together or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we will be coming out with the Superbrew and Fantasy episodes. I know our Fantasy team, we had some issues. So I think that's going to be quite fun to check out uh, while we cry into our assorted beverages. But, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, Alex will be back for our next episode. We're going to ask him how his appointment went. And thanks very much for listening. Uh, ben, thank you very much for joining us, all the way from Mauritius. Oh, thank thank Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was a was a hell of a commute. Oh, nice man. And uh, uh, from George, is it raining there? By the way, uh, uh, oh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. So this is Cape Town that's rejoicing. But uh, thanks, thanks, Matt. Always appreciate you when you join us. Oh, it's chilled. It's chilled. Cool. It's chilled, bro. A wee, a wee. And uh, obviously, if I have for myself, Adam from Johannesburg. Thank you very much for joining us. This will be out on Sunday, the 29th of April. Thanks for joining us. Have a good week. We'll catch you for our next episode. Cheers. <laughs> every, every time. Every well, I've actually been time. good for like the last three. Yeah, yeah you, you shoved it in.